I'm just hoping, Oliver, that I can give you enough to... It's 27, 28 years ago since my first episode, I think. Going back a bit. My special guest today is, quite simply, one of the finest actresses this country has ever produced. From Agatha Christie to J.K. Rowling, from Sunhill to Broadchurch, she's enriched everything in between. Carolyn Pickles, welcome to the Bill Podcast. <laughs> Thank you. What a lovely intro. I wasn't expecting that, Oliver. That's fantastic. Well, it's quite true. I mean, some people, you know, you just enjoy watching and uh and you're one of those actresses that you know my i i saw my auntie at the weekend who is not only a massive sort of television buff and the bill fan but you know when i tell when i told her i was interviewing you she was like i know carolyn pickles and then started to recite all your credits so um bless you it's it's (laughs) Great to be talking with you, and because you very kindly followed me on Twitter, so I mean, we, yes, I we, did. We, we, right. Were you? Because I was like, I was hoping you'd do this, but I didn't didn't expect you to kind of like you know seek me out, as it were. So well, well, I, I'm trying to get more savvy now with within the business, and to try and sort of well, I have someone who has just done a one woman show, and she said. I wouldn't have got half that response and half the audiences and half the publicity if I hadn't been on Twitter. And a lot of people say that, you know, you need good Twitter followings and so forth. And so I thought, right, I'm really going to look for people that might help and that might be interested and whatever. But that's how this came about, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. I hope you don't mind if we if we kick off. But because, I mean, Broadchurch was such phenomenal television yeah. At the time, you weren't allowed to talk about because of the secrecy no. and the surprises. So I wondered That's if right. if we could talk about it now. Yeah, it was. It was one of those first sort of noir, those dark community murders that just infected everybody in the village. And it seemed to have a huge effect on on the viewer and while we were filming it we actually didn't know who the murderer was during series one we were kept in the dark intentionally so that uh the real feeling of suspicion and uh, what's happening who who is it and fear could sort of build up although they'll deny this i'm (laughs) sure that it was a it was it was a definite attempt to create the atmosphere and i remember talking to the writer chris chibnall around episode five and saying chris i could give you a couple of names do you want he said no no i don't want any guesses but you should all know by now who it is all the clues were given within the first 40 minutes and i thought god that's amazing but we still didn't guess we had a a sort of bet in the makeup room and we put everybody's photo on and people would put marks as to who they thought it was i was at one point under suspicion as was the grandma so there you go everyone was (laughs) running scared (laughs) crazy but it was i mean i knew how good a series i really did want to get this part because uh it felt very different and very exciting and the dialogue he writes well for actors you know yeah you get a real chance at uh pulling out all the stops really it gives you wonderful moments to play so that was a terrific experience and it went on for three series as you know and a huge compliment to you that they gave you such an important part of that second season as well with yeah. your relationship with charlotte rampling and that's right 
that's right. Everyone, all, all the men that I know seem to be rather jealous that I, uh, <laughs> I managed to have a kiss with Charlotte on the beach in, uh, in Dorset. Yeah. Uh, my husband is a particular fan of hers and has been since he was a teenager. No, it was great. They were able to, I mean, to get a big movie star like Charlotte on, mm. who was terrific in the role of uh, the barrister. We had some great storylines and, um, yeah, everything was thrown at it, you know. And when you're doing something that is so high quality, really put it makes you, you you know you up your game everyone was determined to make it as, as successful as possible and there was a lot of tension initially because we knew how important it was and eventually you know as you assume your role you get more more relaxed about it but we knew it was special from the beginning oh yeah i mean it was it, it each free series it was must watch cannot miss because i mean yeah. I, I work in an office and if i'm and at the time of the first series i was working at itv and yeah. so it was like if you hadn't watched it, it you know <laughs> people couldn't not help themselves but talk about it and guessing and and it was That's just right. yeah it was fantastic yeah. and a little a bonus for fans of the bill is that and, and a genius bit of casting is that you and Simon Rouse were both opposing newspaper editors, you know? That's funny. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Simon, who followed on, didn't he, for how many? Yeah, t- 20 years uh, he was with the bill, yeah. Was he really? Yeah, yeah. Oh, my goodness. We both come from Yorkshire, West Yorkshire. Um, I'm Halifax and he's Bradford. So I knew him when he was in the Yorkshire Youth Theatre way back when we were teenagers. A little bit only, but so, you know, that's weird. I didn't know it was 20 years. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Uh, And here's hoping that uh, Mr Chibnall writes you uh, an equally cool character and gets you reunited with Jodie and Doctor Who but something yeah. I'd love to see <laughs> well I, 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 I've I planted a few suggestions quite um, right that would be really great actually I was delighted about Jodie because I think she's she's a refreshingly quirky girl a terrific actress and I know she'll make a great Doctor Who I mean you're no stranger to the Who universe because you've done a few of the big Finnish plays I have yeah I have I've been Time Lords or Time Ladies <laughs> and Listen, that, I, I have to confess, I'm not really very good on sci-fi, and it, it slightly goes over my head, but the roles that I've played have been outrageous, powerful, evil, <laughs> nasty, conniving people, and I love it, and you yeah. can really play that on, on radio. Big Finish re- really look after you very well. I think I did a couple of other things. Yes, I've got one of them in front of me. Graceless, which oh, is yeah. a sci-fi. Jago and Lightfoot and then I've done two Doctor Who's there yeah that's right amazing there are so many devoted followers of, of Doctor Who that you know suddenly I'll be in a green room and someone will say well I heard that amazing and your daughter Lucy's done their ATA girl yes that's right god you do know your stuff <laughs> oh yeah Lucy loved doing it I just got hold of it from Big Finish actually uh, she sounded terrific when I, when I, what I heard it's uh great series is it exciting for you to see how her career is blossoming and yes it is exciting i mean i worry terribly because it's a different world now i i think there were maybe a quarter of a fifth of the actors that there are now and there's so much more competition you know on the other hand you can create your own work and put it on and with the help of iphone you can even make a short movie but Getting started is hard. It's really hard. I mean, I was really lucky to come out of uni in the National Youth Theatre and to get an agent straight away and to be put in 
telly and then a film straight telly early so people would see me unless you've had a bit of telly or a, a film role, people don't want to see you so it's a catch-22 you don't get into the audition room now and Lucy's in competition with a lot of young young actresses but I think she'll do well because she's got a, a talent that it's kind of I think she'll last you know I think I think she'll get better and that there will be things for her but I'm nervous for all of them I, I I teach acting as well, screen acting, and, I, and so I see a lot of young actors, and I I think well they don't have to all be actors. They can, you know, they can go into teaching. They can go into whatever it is that requires speaking, public speaking, and, and communication, direct direct communication. Uh, because having an acting training feeds into so many other things. Uh, yeah, I I hope she'll she'll break through. Where did your bug come from? Obviously, it's in the genes, isn't it? Yeah, that's right. Well, my, I mean, most listeners will be too young to know the name Wilfred Pickles. He was my grandfather's brother. And he, besides reading the news during the war, because he had a really northern accent, and I think they hoped that a really regional accent might confuse the Germans if they were listening in. I think that was, that was said at the time. But he made lots of radio shows. Have a go. He was a personality that went into the streets to meet people, to talk to them, and interviewed them, and they'd talk about their lives. He drew people out of themselves, and the radio shows had everyday people talking. A bit like Silla Black did on Blind Date, really. It was one of those first reality radio shows, and he was very popular. And then he went into film. He went on to the film The Family Way with Hayley Mills. Oh, right, okay. Oh, wow. Yeah, and so when I watched... Him, I thought, oh, it's possible. And a lot of kids these days, it seems like, you know, you can only do it if you're rich or if you're beautiful. Well, that's not the case. You can have a breakthrough role that has nothing to do with that. But it's good to get a training, and that is expensive. So it's, yeah. it's more difficult. Yeah. And then I have an auntie that's an actress in New York, in America. Yeah. She was in Friends. Christina Pickles, yeah. That's right. I went over to see her when she was, had before she'd done Friends, and she was in something called Another World in America, and I, I walked, I went to stay with her, I was about 27, oh. I remember walking around New York with her, and people coming up to her and saying, excuse me, but are you from another world? <laughs> and I thought, well, who is this woman, who is she? But then yeah. I realised after that. She was in He-Man, she was in Masters of Universe, it's like my childhood. Was she? She was the Sorceress of Greyskull, Opposite oh. Dolph Lundgren, so um, yeah, oh. it's, <laughs> yeah, she's got the sci-fi genes in there. So she has got the sci-fi <laughs> genes. God, she's pretty remarkable. She came over to stay with us last summer. She looks fantastic, and she's still working. So yeah. you've also got appropriate for playing a DCI. You've got law in the genes. But... <laughs> yeah. Well, actually, you know, my dad, who, who was a Maverick, really. Are quite, uh, I mean, he made a name for himself as, as a judge. I mean, he, he was the first person I turned to when I knew I was going up for an audition for the bill, actually. I said, look, what, what sort of qualities would would this require to be a DCI, you know? And he he told me what he felt from all his experience. Oh. Um, so, yeah, he was an avid viewer. And, and I've read an interview of you, for, it's in one of the bill annuals, so we're going back a long time, but I've read that you felt... Your dad was a pretty good actor as well via his, yeah, you know, yeah. in, in court, you know, having that yeah. audience. I, I think that's right. I think that's, as a barrister, you have to have, a, you have to appeal to 
everybody in the courtroom and uh, you have to be able to talk clearly and command your audience and, and, and uh, he was very persuasive he was quite charismatic and I used to think he's wasted here he should be an actor <laughs> <laughs> and he loved he did love the business uh, he wrote radio uh, plays that very very lucky I was to get a, a role in one when I was about 17 because I, I speak German so he wrote me a into um, one of the plays he wrote. Oh, wow. uh, he, yeah, as a German tourist, I think. But he, he, he created this character called Adrian Hull. And Adrian Hull was a maverick barrister, <laughs> take, taken pretty much you know, off himself. Um, oh. Yeah, and so we did a lot of uh, recording. Well, he recorded a lot up with Alfred Bradley up in the Northern Studios in Leeds. And actually, one day when I was going coming back from London, to Leeds, I'd been doing the National News Theatre during the summer, and I met Wilfred on a train just by complete coincidence, oh, wow. and he was about to go and record a play produced by Alfred Bradley in West Yorkshire at the Leeds studio, uh, and it was a complete coincidence, and I, I went to sit and talk to him, and he said, I'm Carolyn, Jim, Sheila, oh, come and sit down, love, come <laughs> and sit down. He had no reason to know me from Adam, because although... He kept coming into the family to meet and uh, parties and anniversaries. He was a one-man show. He didn't really <laughs> talk, listen as much as he talked, which was great. <laughs> um, yeah, that's, it was lovely to meet him. On three or four times when I actually spent time with him. Oh wow! Yeah, well, I suppose looking at 1990 and and, and when you joined the bill, uh, uh, yeah. obviously the, the show had been going then properly for six years after after the yeah. pilot. And, and in terms of career and longevity, I mean, you were one of the most experienced new starters on the bill. You know what I mean? You, you had, yeah. you'd already established yourself prior to joining the bill. Uh, yeah. un unlike a, a, a lot of people were, they were coming into the bill and it was their first big telly. So, yeah, that's right. That's right. I think I'd done a series called May to December, a comedy series with Anton Rogers. Very, very funny. Your first episode where you, you think that she's going up with the brother, not the, not the dad, not Anton. Oh, that's you know? right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's great. It was wonderful writing. Paul Mendelssohn, the writer, created some fantastic types. He came from the advertising world and he was very, he is very sharp, brilliant writer. He's writing novels now. So that went on much longer than I thought. You know, I think there were seven series of that. I'm trying to place when the last one was compared to the bill. I'd done Bluebell as well, a series called Bluebell, that I think I'd done before the bill as well. So you're right, actually, Oliver. I hadn't realised that I had done quite a bit. There's a huge fan base who are desperate for Bluebell to re be released on DVD. Oh, tell them to keep writing. Yeah. I, I keep meaning to tell my agent, push push, push, push for it to come out. Because, you know, you get a lot of reruns of old television series that go very well. There's, there is actually a channel, isn't there, for old reruns? And I, I, I'd love it. Yeah, it would be great to, to see it again, but just to be released would be good because it had a lot of great qualities. It was, a, it was a sort of adventure story and you had the romance and the dancing. It was great. Mm. It's a great thing to do and it would be popular, I think, today with, with younger ones particularly. It's an exotic sort of series it was a lovely thing to do it was a, there's a couple of very brief but enjoyable clips on youtube uh someone's put up off, off a vhs it looks like an original recording and it's yeah. you, you and 
Annie Lambert breaking glasses after drinking champagne and uh, yeah, it's it's it's, yeah, it's good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, lovely Annie Lambert. Yeah, yeah. I'll have to have a look. I'm not really technically very. I'm learning about it, but I. But I've certainly mentioned to my agent that there's a fan club for Bluebell out oh, there. Yeah. I'll tell her. <laughs> what was the process of you being cast in the bill? I'm guessing it was a straight offer. Well. You know, I went to meet them. I remember going over to meet them. And they said this, and I knew the, what the role was. They, I'd read all of the, the description and I'd thought a lot about it. And I went and I chatted to the exec producer, I guess, and the director, who, the, the director of the episodes that I came in on. And then when I got home, my agent had already rung my husband and said, "You've got a ring straight away." I think they've made a decision, which is which is unusual now. So mm. they offered me it, yes, and that was they'd made the decision before I got home, which was great. Yeah. Uh, great to know that. It doesn't happen a lot now. I have to say, it's quite unusual that, you know, you have to go, well, I, anyway, I'm go, I am go through hoops every time I, I, I go up for stuff. Maybe that's one of the downsides of playing different roles a lot. They don't quite know who you are. I find it extraordinary that you have to audition for anything. If I was a cast, <laughs> I, I, you know, I'd, I'd just be like, just hire her now. I mean, I, <laughs> I, I think that's crazy. I mean, it goes uh, to, you know. Well, you see, there's a lot of young directors and, and producers that don't know beyond the last 10 years of what people do, although you'd think most people would see Broadchurch. But then yeah. what they want is they want to know what you're like sitting opposite them and how you chat and how you take direction. They may want to work with you a bit on a scene. So, yeah, thank you. I'd like to quote you on that. <laughs> yes, please. Them. Oh, please do. <laughs> and if you ever change your career to an agent, oh, I'll, yeah. I'll certainly... <laughs> yeah. Yeah, please use that. Should be employed automatically into everything. Right, uh, I, I, I'll, quote yeah. I'll quote that. I'll quote that. Yeah, no, it, it doesn't happen quite like that, but it did on, on that occasion, which was great. Yeah, I, I, It's extraordinary. I mean, I can't believe it. I, I need to just, I don't know, take take to the internet and say, why on earth does Carolyn Biggles have to audition for anything? That's crazy. Oh, yeah. I'm, it, you know. Well, I tell my agent sometimes, look, this is a tiny role. I will play it, but I don't really feel I need to go up and interview and audition for it. Absolutely. But, you know, I have to. I have to. A lot of the times I have to go up and see them, and I have to learn the scenes as well, uh, which takes quite a lot of time. You know, if you've got two or three scenes to learn, you put quite a bit of time in. And some casting directors are quite tough. You know, they, they really need you to have learned it. Well, why? What, what, why can they not understand that I've had a good career, I'm still compass mentis, I can learn a script, you know, invite me in for a chat. It used to be you'd go in for a chat, which was what the bill was about, um, and then they'd look at your stuff, uh, and that was it. But it is getting harder. Mm. Yeah. Which is, yeah, I sometimes think why. My husband says, you should put your foot down, tell them, no, you're not going out. But then if I tell them that, then maybe I don't get seen. So Yeah, it's a, it's a delicate one, isn't it? Um... Yeah, it is. How much on your radar was the bill? Had you seen much of it? Or To be honest, I'm not a huge... I wasn't a huge telly watcher at the time. I watched a little. I knew lovely Trudy from having worked in theatre with her. Oh. But I had, at the time when I started the bill, I had a baby of eight, seven, eight months and a sort of 16-month-old daughter. So it was very tied up with family life when I was at home. It was putting them to bed. So I didn't watch an awful lot but I knew I knew a fair amount about it and I was delighted to be asked to go on it obviously despite it being the other end of the the line it was long journeys at six o'clock in the morning but quite useful for checking on lines and so forth 
it wasn't hugely on my radar, but I can't say anything was at the time, as I wasn't a huge telly watcher. What appealed to you about playing Kim Reed, and, and how similar are you to her? <laughs> well, playing a boss woman is great. Um, <laughs> yeah, a pen-pushing boss woman. I liked the idea that she was in control of these guys, and I'd had a look at who I was going to be in control of, and I liked that idea. I, I'd watched a bit of Prime Suspect and seen Helen Mirren in the role, and that was a breakthrough thing to cast, a, you know, to cast a woman in that man's world for her. So when the chance was offered to me, I was really pleased. And if you think about it, you know, there aren't. I mean, now we've got Cressida Dick in the Metropolitan Police. We don't think twice that women are in leading roles, but at the time, it wasn't. It wasn't quite as uh, populated by women as as it is now. And so I was pleased to go in there. I knew I was going to get a blooding, though. (laughs) (laughs) I I knew that as the character, there was going to be some um, interesting reaction to having to take orders from a woman, which made good drama, I think. Oh, yeah. I I mean, it's great (laughs) because in your first episode, you turn up having nicked someone on the street whilst you're eating a BLT sandwich, you know. Oh, that's... Right. And uh, and, a, and a car is right up behind you and like trying to overtake and you give him the finger as you pull over, you know, she's so instantly oh, she arrives oh, on the side. Oh hill. yeah, that's right. Honestly, Oliver, I'd forgotten this. I just had a vague memory of being put into given the keys to this to the black BMW. Yeah, that's right. Chasing around some car some market, some roundabout thinking, my God, I'm really going in the deep end here, yeah. racing. Out. There was a lot of steady cam, of course, which was relatively new in those days, and it made things very fast and very real. Mm. That was new for me, but really, really terrific, because you could, you could keep, you know, you didn't have chance to get as, as bored as you might on some uh, shows where the lighting is everything and you're waiting to, for a new setup. This was very fast, and yeah, I remember legging it after the. Yeah, he tries to make a run for it, and you you grab him, and uh, you you get your nicked mates, you know. In, That's with... right, your nick mate. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, funny. Oh, great. I think I remember one other episode where I was running with a baseball. Bat That's right. Yeah, yeah. Across some broken ground. Yeah, was that? I think that's called observation. That episode. Yeah. Uh, and uh, yeah, he takes a swing at you with a baseball bat. And you karate kick this heavy ah, and right. pin him to the ground. Oh yeah. Reed is so like action packed that uh, yeah. Tony Scannell gets injured and is yelling you to get him. <laughs> I mean, that's it was really oh, cool. That's you know. Right. That's right. Well, I remember on that episode actually chatting to the lovely cameraman who's in charge of the Steadicam, and he had this very heavy weight. I don't know if you've seen actors filmed at speed with Steadicam, but it's, you have to have it strapped onto the cameraman, and then a couple of people will run with you and help you if if you're running over rough terrain. And this particular cameraman had to run backwards as I ran towards the the criminal and he fell over I remember oh. and smashed a, um, a lens which was very expensive and it wasn't long before that that he'd been saying oh yeah yeah this is great and there's no one I love this I, I, very ex- it was showing off about the, the equipment and then there was this smashed lens which was oh. you know £25,000 worth of lens that was memorable. <laughs> well, I mean, it's it's great the way they introduce you because f- if in your first few episodes, you get 
one-on-one scenes with each member of the CID team. Uh, Reed is coming in to sort of assess their strengths and weaknesses. And that must have been nice for you coming into the show and and getting this one-on-one time with each of your new colleagues, you know. That's right. That's right. Now you've reminded me that that's what happened. And it was great because each time you learn something more about your character when you're meeting different people. And there were a mixed bunch... Kevin Lloyd, I remember, was one of my favourite characters. I, I loved working with Kevin. He was one of, and I already knew him from working on a stage play. You have a lovely episode with Kevin where he he actually um, he goes AWOL, and and he's he's the last of the characters for Reed to actually get one on ones with. He seems to be uh, very evasive, and uh, uh. you you go and ask Andrew McIntosh where. Kevin is, and he says, oh, he's out on inquiries. And you say, okay, pass pass me the paperwork. And uh, he gives you this file, which you open, and then you just pull out this empty packet of peanuts <laughs> and, and put it aside. And then you, uh, you go and follow him, and you actually end up uh, inadvertently undercover with him as he's trying to get some guys who are doing a, a car sting, stolen cars. And uh, it's lovely. He, you pose as a couple because he has to think on his feet. You play along. You you have, you oh. in, you enhance your your own Yorkshire accent and start calling oh, Tosh Alfie. You know you, you're playing along, and uh, yeah. it's yeah. very good. And then when they when the guys buy it and they leave, you you say there better be a result out of this, or I will have your guts for garters. You know, <laughs> <laughs> these lines are coming back, Oliver. They're coming back, but my God, it's a it's through a thin mist. Mm. Amazing. Do you do you have? knowledge of everything you have to research before you meet actors obviously but i enjoy doing it yeah i mean uh, well the first six series of the bill are commercially available on dvd in this country the rest Uh have been released in australia really the bill is massive in australia Ah. But, but these these box sets are very expensive. I mean, but you know, some of them are on eBay for like three hundred and fifty pounds. You know, oh really? That's a lot of money. Uh, yeah, a limited edition. Um, I mean, you get the you get the odd naughty one on YouTube, which um, yeah. you know I I don't agree with, but it's very useful for a quick bit of research yeah. if I can't find an episode. Yeah. So I've seen all of your episodes. I've I've oh. seen all sixty five of them. Um, so they came within that first few series, did they? Yeah. They, they, yeah. You you joined in series six. And, yes. uh, and stayed with it series seven and, and the start of eight right right and then i got promoted and moved to nottingham that's right that's right yes detective <laughs> superintendent reed yeah yeah that's right yes yes i remember i mean in the bill's 26 year history you are the only female dci and the, and the only female detective superintendent there was never another one after that. No, no, no. no. no so no. that's that's quite a claim to fame, isn't it? <laughs> that's really rather good, isn't it? I should have known that. I would have had, I'd have been walking that bit taller. I think. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Flash has come back of certain scenes. Now you've mentioned that there was some lovely stuff to do. There were. It, it, it's always great going out on location. Of course, inside the office you can get quite. It's quite hot, and those little tiny rooms in 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 South London were mm. heavily lit, and so you get quite hot and sort of stifled. And I think when you have a lot of police speak, you can get quite woozy with it. So I used my blotting paper quite liberally at the beginning, just to prompt the odd cue when I had something that was uh, oh. that scrambled my head, you know, in terms of lines, so that I could just refer quickly down to the. Uh, to the blotting paper because uh, some of the stuff, some of the stuff, it took it took a while to get into police thinking. 
And I had a wonderful woman called Jackie Moulton, who she was the role model for Jane Tennyson, actually, in Prime Suspect. And she was a story consultant on the bill. And I went to chat to her very early on just about how I might handle this and that. And she was always often there anyway in the in the background saying, yes, this is how you do it for police procedural stuff. She said you have to one of the things you have to do is you have to hold your drink as much as the men do. If not uh, more, you have to be there. You can't cop out. You've got to keep in there with them. Don't uh, avoid the pub. <laughs> what an absolute pleasure chatting to the delightful Carolyn Pickles, such a lovely human being. Not for the first time am I chatting to someone with such enormous talent, yet is so unassuming and down-to-earth. They were certainly a lovely bunch at Sun Hill, as all the interviewees to date have proven. Let's give Carolyn's Twitter followers a boost, so she knows her social media efforts are paying off. Give her a follow at Pickles underscore Carolyn on Twitter. And you can also give Carolyn's talented daughter, Lucy, a follow at LucyJB11. Plenty more Sunhill memories to come in part two of Carolyn's The Bill podcast. Where after being amazed in part one that Carolyn still has to audition, I was equally surprised to learn that Kim Reed's exit was not her decision. Next time on the Bill Podcast. I went up to Michael Chapman, who's the executive producer, and he said, we're really happy with what you're doing, I'll let you know. And then I got a letter saying, we've loved your work, we're so happy with her that we're going to promote her and move her to Nottingham. (laughs) (laughs) Which made me think, that happy, wow! (laughs) 